thanks for listening to the Adulting is Easy podcast, where we make adulting easier by making money easier. This is your host, Lauren. And I'm joined today by Chris Campbell, a fire protection engineer and code consultant based in Washington, D.C. He has a bachelor's and master's from the University of Maryland in fire protection engineering. Chris has used his analytical side to become adept at navigating credit card rewards. Since 2014, Chris and his wife haven't paid for a personal flight nor a personal hotel. That's almost 10 years. That's crazy. When Chris isn't consulting or using his travel rewards, he's spending as much time as possible with his wife and their three young children. Thanks for joining me, Chris. Yeah, Lauren. Thanks for having me. Excited to chat about credit cards and what we can do with them here today. Me too. I'm excited to learn about this because I know I'm not being efficient in this in this way. So today's podcast episode is brought to you by my new company, House Money Media, Tom Brickman, The Frugal Gay, Alan Corey, Real Estate Maximalist, and me, Lauren Keene Amon from Adulting is Easy, have joined forces to launch a new generation of real estate investors by forming House Money Media. Signed up for a membership today. It is spaces limited at first, so that's at housemoneymedia.com, real estate content with personality. So our goal for today is to make adulting easier for listeners by discussing a personal finance topic, since managing money is a big part of adulting. So today, Chris, let's talk credit card rewards. I got to know, though, and this is something that is a very hot button, hot button topic on social media. How many credit cards do you have? Yeah, so I counted them this morning. I currently have 12 credit cards. 12 credit cards. And is there is the number of credit cards, is there any number that's good or bad for people? Uh, I think it varies. Um, for many people, having too many credit cards could be a bad thing if that's leading you to overspending or not being able to keep track of your finances appropriately. But if you're on top of that stuff, I think having more credit cards can offer you greater opportunities for rewards, for cash back, for travel. So uh, like many good things, uh, they're a good weapon if you know how to use them. Exactly. So rewards, cashback, and travel. Can you explain the differences between those? Sure. So anytime that you have a credit card that has some sort of rewards system, uh, that reward is going to be paid back to you in a few different ways. Uh, the simplest way would just be a cashback card, where every time you make a purchase, you're getting a certain percentage back as a statement credit on your credit card bill. Uh, many cashback cards offer 1% cashback, some one and a half, uh, some up to 2%, depending on the card. So that's very simple. It's just you spend the money, you get a certain percentage back. Uh, for folks who maybe don't want to spend a lot of time thinking or planning through how to use credit cards, that could be a good option. Uh, it's just you swipe the card and you get a certain percentage back. Uh, if you are looking to do something more with your credit cards and specifically travel, then there are many credit cards that offer travel rewards. And that could be in the form of an airline mile or a point. Uh, so for like a hotel point, for example, uh, or it could be in a type of point that then you can transfer to various different airlines or hotels. So for example, um, Chase is one of the biggest credit card issuers in the country. And many Chase cards uh, earn what's called Chase Ultimate Rewards Points. And those points can then be redeemed towards travel in a variety of different ways. So they're not necessarily tied to any specific airline or any specific hotel. What I've found is that if you know how to play the game correctly, then the rate of return that you get on your spending when you use these travel rewards cards 
can be much higher than if you just did a straight cash back card. What do you think the ratio is? Like, do you think it's like three times better than a cash back? In some instances, yes. Right. So um, when I chat with friends, I'm always having friends and family ask me about this. Uh, they all seem to know that I got big into the credit card travel game and they see me going on trips and eventually they ask, well, how can you do all this? Right. So there's two things that are really important to understand when you're considering uh, your rate of return in credit card rewards. Okay. So the first one is what is the value of the reward that you're earning? Okay. So if you are on a cash back credit card that just gets um, a certain percentage back, right? The value of those rewards is always one cent per point, right? So if you get 1% back and you spend a dollar, you're going to get one cent back, right? So that's very cut and dry. I think everyone can understand that. When you go over to the travel rewards, though, it's not quite so simple. So let me give you an example. If you get a Southwest Airlines credit card and you get, you're going to earn Southwest miles every time you use that, okay? So one Southwest mile is worth more than one cent. Typically, they're around 1.5 to 1.6 cents per mile, okay? Absolutely. So the value of the currency that you're earning is greater than if you had a cash back card, okay? The other thing to then consider is what is the rate at which you're earning these points or this cash back, okay? So going back to the cash back card example, if it's 1% or 2%, that is the rate at which you're earning it, okay? If you're on the travel reward side, many uh, travel cards will offer you two or three points per dollar, uh, the biggest one that I've seen specifically for travel rewards is the American Express Platinum card, which offers five points per dollar spent uh, on flights, right? So putting that all together, you have your rate that you're earning it, and then you have the value of what you're earning. You multiply those together. That's your rate of return. Hmm. So a quick example to tie all that together. Uh, one of my favorite cards is the Chase Sapphire Preferred card that earns uh, three points per dollar on travel and on dining out. So anytime you go to a restaurant, use the card, you're getting three points per dollar spent. I can then use my uh, Chase Sapphire points, uh, and those are specifically called Chase Ultimate Rewards points, to transfer to various partners like I described earlier. So I really like transferring to Southwest or uh, on the hotel side, the Hyatt Hotels. And I can make those Hyatt points usually worth two to three uh, cents per point, okay? Mm. So if you're earning three points per dollar and the points are worth three cents a piece, you're really getting a rate of return of at least 6% wow. on your spending, right? Huh. Yeah. So a little bit uh, in the weeds there, but if you can understand those things, then you can very easily evaluate which cards are going to be best for your situation. Can you also get Hyatt rewards? Like, doesn't Hyatt, don't they have where you're like, you stay 12 nights, you get one free. Like, do you get that too when you're paying for with points? It depends on the program. So specific okay. to Hyatt, uh, if you stay in a Hyatt hotel, regardless of the method of payment, whether you're using a credit card or debit card or cash, you're going to earn a certain number of Hyatt points just for staying there. That's their own loyalty program. 
-hmm. And then on top of that, if you use the Hyatt credit card, for example, you're going to earn additional points. So I do have the Hyatt credit card. Anytime I stay at a Hyatt, I use that. And I think you're getting right now it's four points per dollar plus then the points that anyone gets at uh, at Hyatt just for staying there. So when you stack those, it's it's usually about nine or 10 points per dollar that you're getting for a hotel stay. Now, I will point out what may be incredibly obvious here. It would be better from a budget perspective. I'm not talking about life goals and life happiness, but from a budget perspective to do the cash back if you weren't going to travel anyways, right? Because you take the cash, you use it for groceries or your needs versus your wants. These other, This other side of it, it's like if you were going to travel anyways, then it's definitely the way to go, right? Because like that's, I mean, that's incredible. I think so. But that's a really good point is that many people fall into the trap of they increase their spending because they think it's worth it for these extra rewards. And that's actually, it's not a good move, right? So in the example we just discussed, the the rate of return was what, 6% that we talked about. So it makes absolutely no sense to spend an extra $100 to gain $6. Right. That's essentially what you're doing. So if if you get into the credit card game thinking that it's worth it to spend more just to earn the the points, that's not true. It it makes no sense from a a math standpoint. But like you said, if you are already going to be doing that spending and if you were already planning on taking a summer vacation, for example, then yes, why not maximize your rate of return on that spending that you were already doing? So is that what the 12 credit cards are for? You have this one where you, for when you stay at Hyatt's, you have this one for when you go out to eat, you have this one maybe for gas, or is that really what those are basically for specific things? Yeah, that's part of it is that the different cards have different categories that earn different rates, right? So I mentioned the Chase Sapphire card, which earns you know three points per dollar on dining. So that's a great one to use when you're at a restaurant. And then I have my Hyatt card, which I use at Hyatt Hotels. I have another card that gets two points back on gas. So anytime I'm doing that, I'm going to use that card. Uh, So being able to maximize those bonus categories is super important. Okay. Uh, Secondly, many credit cards have a sign-up bonus. So when you first open the card and you spend a certain amount of money in the first three or four or six months, whatever it is, you're going to get a big haul of points all at once. So that's a great way to build up your point balance is to hit those sign-up bonuses. Uh, and those can be substantial. So many cards right now have a 70 or 80,000 point sign-up bonus. Um, I just got an offer just the other day here. So for the Amex business card, um, I don't know if you can see that, 150,000 point wow. sign-up bonus, right? So Jeez. massive amount of points you know, for these initial sign-up bonuses. So those can be a great way to, uh, you know, really increase your point values right off the bat. So question about the sign-up bonuses. Can you get the sign-up bonus in like a year, cancel the card, and then two years later, get the sign-up bonus again? It depends. Some credit card issuers will allow you to do that. Others will not. So for example, uh, Chase credit cards, which I mentioned before, they have cracked down on that a good bit. So um, they have some stipulations that you can only get the sign-up bonus uh, if you have not gotten a previous one in the last like four years, for example. So 
It does vary by the card, but there is a huge community of credit card rewards enthusiasts online that are trying to maximize their travel through this type of thing. So uh, it's very easy to go online and get some information saying like, can I get this card based on I had it, you know, two or three years ago, for example. What about annual fees of these credit cards? That would be, I think, something that holds me back from getting them is like, okay, I'm going to do that. Th- I'm going to do this and I'm going to get the rewards. And then in a year, they're going to charge me a hundred bucks. I'm going to be like, dang it. And is that worth it? Do any of your cards have have those? Yes. Many of my cards do have an annual fee. And I think that's that needs to be part of the equation when you're evaluating, is this card good for me? So the first thing I would mention is that many cards with an annual fee also come with additional perks or benefits that help to offset that annual fee. So for example, the Hyatt credit card that I mentioned earlier, uh, there is an annual fee. I think that one is $95. Uh, so I'm paying $95 once a year, but that also comes with one free high at night every year just for having the card. So in essence, you're exchanging the $95 for a free night. In my opinion, that's a pretty good exchange. I know I'm going to stay at Hyatt's numerous times per year. And most Hyatt hotels that I stay at are worth more than $100 a night. So it's an easy trade-off for me. Outside of like a free night, many cards have other benefits uh, especially the the higher end cards. So the American Express Platinum card, for example, that one has one of the highest annual fees out there, but it also comes with numerous different benefits. So for example, the, the MX Platinum comes with a monthly Uber credit. Uh, so you get either 15 or $20 on your Uber account each month just for having the card. Mm-hmm. It comes with an airline fee credit at an airline of your choice of $200. So if you travel, it's fairly easy to use that. It comes with a streaming service reimbursement. So you can it'll reimburse you for up to $20 worth of streaming services every month. So you do the math and that that adds up to a good number of credits and benefits that can help to offset the annual fee. How do you keep track of these things? <laughs> it's a great question. So I uh, because I have that many cars, I can't keep them all in my wallet because I don't want a, a George Costanza wallet that you know is impossible to put in your pocket. But um, yeah, I have uh, just my online logins for all of these cards. And uh, so, for example, all of my Chase cards, when I log into Chase.com, you can see all of them on one screen. So that makes it pretty easy to you know see how many points you have, what card has an annual fee coming up, that sort of thing. Um, for people who have car- a lot of cards from different issuers, there are some third-party sites. One of them is Award Wallet. That might be the most popular a site that allows you to kind of aggregate all of your different cards and then see the total number of rewards for each all on one screen. Okay, cool. I'm going to put that in the show notes, the description of this show. Trying to think about what has been holding me back from diving headfirst into this because I'm still using cashback cards. That's just, you know, that's just what I've been doing. And I have like one of those one, two, threes, 1% on everything, 2% on cash, 3% on groceries or something like that right um so the the annual fee was one that i could think of the tracking was another um oh effect on your credit does opening these cards closing cards not using cards what is the effect on your credit of having these things i think for most people that i know that i've talked through that have opened up a few travel credit cards the net result 
six months or a year down the road is actually an increase in your credit score. When you make any sort of credit application, whether that's for a credit card or a car loan or any type of loan, there's going to be a initial maybe five point deduction in your credit score just for having another inquiry, right? So you take a small step back right off the bat, but uh, one of the biggest factors of your credit score is your credit utilization, which is how much outstanding debt do you have divided by the total amount of credit across all of your accounts? When you open a new credit card, it is increasing the total amount of credit typically. So the denominator of that equation is getting bigger, which means your utilization is lower. The lower utilization is resulting in a higher credit score. And I think... Um, the last time I checked in the in the FICO equation, utilization is like 30%. So it's a big chunk of your credit score. Yeah, so. it's definitely the it's definitely a big chunk. But also so is your length of credit history, which would be on, a, on average shorter if you were to open three or four cards this year. It will. So and, and there's two things that go into that length of credit history. It's the total length. So how long has it been since your first credit line opened? that one will not be impacted by a new credit card. But then the second part is your average length. That will obviously reduce when you open you know, each new card or any, any type of loan. So I would say if, if you are planning to, let's say, buy a house in the next three to six months, now is not a good time to get a new credit card because there is going to be a, a initial reduction in your credit score. But if you know you're you're quite a ways out from any major purchase like that, I think the net impact will be a positive for most people. One thing that I will mention, uh, this is super important for your credit score and just the whole conversation in general, is that all of these rewards and benefits and bonuses are only worth it if you are paying off your credit card every month. So if you are getting a rewards credit card and carrying a balance on your credit card, it, it, the interest will by far wipe out the value of any rewards. So I looked up this morning on creditcards.com. Uh, as of the beginning of August this month, the average interest rate on a U.S. credit card is 21% APR, right? So we talked earlier about what is the rate of return on my spending? Maybe a good rate of return is six. So it would be a terrible decision to pay 21% annual interest in order to get a 6% reward, right? That makes no sense at all. So anyone in the audience who is considering getting into credit card rewards, I would strongly suggest you only do that if you are paying off your credit card balance every single month. Do you ever get to a point, that's, that's a great point, Chris. Do you ever get to a point where you have so many points that like you can't even use them? Yeah, I, I'm in that right now. I have... Um, <laughs> several hundred thousand points and have young kids, which makes it a little bit harder to travel than before we had kids. So um, that is a challenge, but I mean, that's just the stage of life that my wife and I are in right now. I do like it though, because when we are able to travel, whether it's with the kids or without the kids, we do have a, a pretty good stockpile that we can maybe splurge for a little bit nicer hotel than we normally would. Uh, if we had been paying cash, for example, Another great way to use points is for um, hotel upgrades. So um, if you're traveling for business, for example, and maybe your company is paying uh, cash for your rate uh, at a hotel, you could use points to upgrade to a nicer room, to a suite, for example, 
or you could just on a personal vacation, just pay the extra points and go right into a suite. So um, there are ways that you can use points to increase the, uh, the luxury of your travel experiences when they happen. Do you ever get upgraded for free? Like, do you ever have like some status at Hyatt or one of the airlines and they're like, oh, Mr. Campbell, would you like to have a suite or would you like to go to first class or something like that? <laughs> uh, I've never gotten a free upgrade to first class on a flight. I, I've I've flown higher classes, business classes many times, but those have always been because I booked that type of fare. On the hotel side, I've been upgraded many times to a nicer room or to a suite uh, or to some other thing like club level where you get the free lounge and breakfast. Um, some cards will come with that as a perk of the card. And then other times just uh, you being a certain status level. So for Hyatt, for example, uh, depending on your level of, of status in the Hyatt membership program, uh, you may experience more frequent upgrades. Uh, one thing I always point out is that uh, being kind to the people at check-in is a great way to get upgrades. Uh, people always scoff at that. They're like, that never happens. That's happened for me many times. Uh, simply just being kind, asking the, the front desk person how the day is going, telling them what you know why you're there, just you know being a kind, personable person when you're meeting with them uh, has led to many upgrades for me and my wife. That's happened to me before at the Mirage in Vegas. We were just being like super nice, very chill with them. And they were like, you know what? I'm going to add $200 of MGM credit or whatever for, you know, and I was like, that's awesome. That was really nice. And they were like, we felt nice. good about the place the whole entire time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you said you got that offer for the Amex Platinum business card. What's the point of having the business card? Can you use those rewards personally? Yep. So a business credit card is going to be for people who either are business owners or are authorized to make financial transactions on behalf of a business, right? So I am a small business owner. I own my own business and therefore I have certain personal cards and then I have business cards that I use for my business expenses. Uh, the, the person that is on the account is able to make the decisions for how those points are used. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I travel for business occasionally and that could be flights, hotels, et cetera. So that's a great way to help offset some of those purchases, especially for me as the business owner, because it, whether the business is paying for it or I'm paying for it out of a personal account is still kind of within my <laughs> realm of spending. So, um, one thing that I've found is that business credit cards often have higher signup bonuses than maybe the similar personal card, but they often typically have higher minimum spending requirements, right? So uh, there are some business credit cards where it's going to be a huge six-figure signup bonus, but then they're going to want you to spend at least 10 grand in the first three months. So for many people, uh, that is more than they do for their personal spending in a three-month span, whereas many businesses spend that no problem, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I buy that many sheets and blankets, but I buy a lot of sheets and blankets. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, business credit cards are great. One thing too, is that those sit on a business credit uh, report. So uh, anytime you apply for a business credit card, 
that line of credit is not sitting on your personal credit report, assuming that you put your business tax identification number in on the application. So the for me, I have several business cards and those do not show up on my personal credit report. And then they don't help your personal credit either. Correct. You you essentially have a, a business credit score that is separate from your personal credit score. Well, Chris, I think that covers the questions that I had. Was there anything you wanted to add before we wrap up? Yeah, I think it's worth reiterating that, like like I mentioned before, credit cards are a great tool that can be used to get you a lot of cool travel. My wife and I have gone, we've traveled all over the US, we've traveled to Europe many times and other parts of the world for free or vastly reduced prices versus if we had paid cash. That being said, uh, credit cards can get you in trouble if you don't know how to use them. So for anyone listening, if credit cards are going to lead you to overspending, to spending beyond your means or more than you would have otherwise, it's probably not a good good idea to go down this road. And then secondly, uh, everything we talked about is void if you are not paying your credit card balance off in full every month. So don't fall into the very common trap of getting a nice fancy rewards card and then paying 21% interest on that balance that you're carrying. Make sure you pay it off each month. And that's what those credit card commercials show you too. Like everybody has like the rewards card. There's one for the NHL where they all have, there's three of them and they have three different NHL cards and they all throw them down at the table and try to fight to buy the meal for the points. And it's like, guys, it doesn't work like that. Right, exactly. Yeah, they are the credit card companies are great at marketing their products to make you think you you're getting the best deal ever by getting these reward points. And the fact is, it is a good deal if you are controlling your spending and you're paying off the balance every month. If you're not doing those things, it's a very bad deal for you and it's making the credit card companies a lot of money. Well, for them to give you the rewards, somebody's paying them. Exactly. All right. So you mentioned award wallet. Is there anything else listeners should be aware of? Any other tools, resources? Yeah, absolutely. There are numerous websites and Reddit communities and threads talking about all this sort of stuff. Probably the biggest and most well-known credit card reward site is The Points Guy. So it's just thepointsguy.com. He has been around for 10 plus years, has a huge team of contributors and writers, and they are constantly putting out new content. So any anything you could possibly want to know about credit card rewards, you can find on that site. And they also regularly update a, a list of like, here's the best current offers, here's the best current cards for this type of spending. So a lot of good resources on there. Um, the a- Any credit card issuer, so Chase Bank, Citibank, they also have resources on their site. Uh, Those are typically more business-like, where it's just here's the official terms and conditions, whereas sites like the Points Guy are going to kind of give you a more, you know, third-party perspective of here's how we have used these points to take this trip or to book this flight, that sort of thing. Awesome. Okay. I will put all that in the show notes as well. If you guys like this episode, you'll also like episode 102 about credit cards with David Uncommon Yield. He's at Uncommon Yield on Twitter slash X. You can find me on Twitter or X at Adulting is Easy, Instagram at Adulting is Easy Real, YouTube at Adulting is Easy. This video will be there. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hopefully, Chris and I have made adulting a little easier for you. (laughs) 